0: I know. SO, MR. MANAGER, I THINK WE CAN GET STARTED. ALL RIGHT,
1: MAYOR. WE'RE GOING TO uh, RUN THROUGH A FEW ITEMS. WE'VE GOT uh, uh, VDOT DISTRICT ADMINISTRATOR JIM UTTERBACK HERE TONIGHT WHO'S GOING TO GIVE US AN UPDATE ON A FEW THINGS RELATIVE TO VDOT, but PRIMARILY THE I-64 EXPRESS LANES. Got. Uh, Two or three pop ups. One, do real quick. One that's got uh, impacts an item that you've got on your agenda tonight. Uh, John Sanderling is here to discuss the annual audit plan, although I haven't seen John. Yeah, there he is. And then um, uh, if we don't run out of time, we'll get an update on uh, Ohio Creek. Um, uh, But uh, if we do, we'll we'll push that to to the following meeting. Um, So I'd ask uh, Jim Utterback to. Come forward. He's got a team of folks with yes, him. Yes, sir. It will give us he, an update, as I said. Mr. The manager, he's also
0: lanes. brought with him the Deputy Secretary of Transportation, Gwendolyn Johnson. So he I do have, he brought the Deputy, Deputy Secretary, Secretary here.
2: Johnson, so. All right. Well, um, we'll get started. We're going to try to cover three things. Uh, <coughs> so we'll talk about the um, express lanes and the easy pass. and. Um, and then we're going to talk about HRBT just for a few minutes, give you a five-minute overview of that, and then we'll give you maybe a five-minute update on I-564. So uh, the way we're going to do it is Tony Gibson is the Express Lanes project manager. He's got five or six slides to kind of walk you through it, so everybody's on the same same page. And then um, uh, Deputy Secretary will get up and talk about the uh, Easy Pass, and it kind of dovetails together from from there. So without any further ado, Tony, you want to go ahead and start through.
3: get this right. Hi, everyone. I'm here to talk about the 64 express lanes. We're going to talk about the segment from 264 to 564, the reversible roadway. Um, The goal of this conversion is to provide more choices for travelers. As you can see, here is a picture of the reversible roadway in the middle. On the outside, general purpose lanes, congested. In the middle, the HOV lanes, hardly anyone in it. Why express lanes conversion? Like I said, their current um, HOV lanes are underutilized. And then in 2008, um, the U.S. Secretary of Transportation responded to a member of Congress who happens to be here today (laughs) and about a request to change those lanes to general purpose. And the U.S. Secretary of Transportation came back and encouraged Virginia to convert them to express lanes. And um, through our feasibility study, we have... Um, looked at, and we're expecting the conversion to shift about 17 percent of the traffic from the general purpose lanes into the express lanes. 64 express lanes. Here's the location and hours. It's roughly 8.4 miles of the two-lane reversible roadway from 264 to 564. Um, The express lane hours, it's going to be Monday through Friday, westbound in the morning from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., eastbound in the afternoon from 2 to 6. Outside those hours, it's still going to be free to everyone. The regional expressway lane network. Um, We have this picture. As you can see, we're talking about segment one now, right now. Um, Segment two um, is the portion, the diamond lane portion in Chesapeake and also the high rise bridge. Segment three would include the HRBT and then segment four is a potential segment up there. We want to move more people. We're trying to find a way to use the existing inf- um, roadway out there to move more people. Um, we're and they're designed when we do this conversion. It's going to be designed to actually decrease the amount of people in the general purpose lanes. Purpose: alleviate congestion by providing choices to the mo- motorists by using variable tolls. The variable tolls I will cover in the next slide. Um, but we also To do that, we want to maintain a 45 miles per hour in the express lanes, and by improving by that, we will improve the reliability of the drivers using the express lanes. And we'll also allow single occupancy drivers to use the express lanes by paying a toll. And remember, it's all voluntary. It's not mandatory. The current um, general purpose lanes will remain untold and will be tolling just the express lanes in the middle. Dynamic pricing. It's a first in Hampton Roads. Um, It ensures greater flow of the travel. And how it works is um, we have it based upon congestion. The more amount of people that use it, the higher the toll rate goes. Like I mentioned, we're trying to keep it at 45 miles per hour. So um, to do that, we price it that as it starts getting towards capacity, we start increasing the toll because we want to ensure that toll, that um, trip, sorry. We want to offer choices. Um, some of the benefits we want to reduce general purpose, congestion in general purpose lanes, and increase speed in both general purpose and express lanes. Because if we move people from the general purpose lanes into the express lanes, we create more space in the general purpose lanes. And then we, um, re- we will talk about the Easy Pass and the Easy Pass Flex coming up shortly. Quick timeline December 2015, Secretary Lane sent the TPO letter initiating the feasibility study of the conversion. January 2016, CTB, um, VDOT briefed the CTB, uh, we're going to begin the feasibility study. July 2016, we finalized the feasibility study. Then October 2016, CTB voted to convert Segment 1 from 264 to 564 to convert them to express lanes. And then in March 2017, CTB awarded the contract to Trans out of Tennessee to actually do the tolling of those express lines. Here's a quick timeline. April 2017, we started installing the gantries and the signs. We're expecting to be completed with the sign changeout in November 2017, September and October. We're going to be testing the system. We've already started testing to make sure that we could connect to our signs out there, and then December operational. Here is our typical sign entrance layout, usually about f- um, four signs. Um, two advisory and two pricing signs starting about a, about a mile out from where you would enter. Um, starting at, in the south of this, um, the first one would be saying just um, advisory, about a mile out, then we go pricing, another advisory, then final, and I'll walk through. And then during the non-tolling hours, you could see the two on the right, it would still be open to all traffic, or if we have to close it, you would see the sign entrance closed. Here's the first regulatory sign that you would see. Then the second one would be the first pricing sign. Then you would see the second regulatory sign. And then the last one would be your sign confirmation. That is the price that you would pay if you were entering the express lanes. And I'd like to hand it off to Deputy Secretary Johnson to talk about Easy Pass.
0: Um, before she, oh, sorry, Secretary Johnson, come. Um, the project, the 564 project, how will that relieve truck traffic on Hampton Boulevard? Or will it uh, help relieve truck traffic going on Hampton Boulevard?
4: <laughs>
0: yes.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, sir. I can't hear you. <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um,
5: so the, the 564, we have,
2: um, <laughs> um I, I believe the port's been here to maybe talk with the council or not. So, yeah, um, recently. Okay, so they, they have just completed the north gate. So the I-564 intermodal connector actually lines up with the with the north gate. So it comes down, it comes off 564, and it's on new alignment, and it <coughs> provides access to a new gate 6 and to the port. So that's the primary thing. So w- why I say that is because, and I don't have the slide for it, we can, we can provide that information, but it's a direct connect. So the match lines between the two projects is basically you um, you can go into Gate 6 or you can go into the port. And then when you leave the port, you go out on 564 out of the north gate. So there's not a Hampton Boulevard access out of the north, north gate. Now, their operations, I think they're, you know, right now temporarily they loop into Hampton Boulevard. But they're estimating, I think, <coughs> so 700 Jim, Jim, trucks a day to Jim, use the— Jim, yes. so
0: when you come out of the, the gate, you won't be able to make a right turn
2: on the half of the you, you have to go across. You, you have to go across and go out on five sixty four. Okay, yes, sir. And so
6: have, that, would that be all of the trucks that are exiting? the
2: port? Yes, every all the traffic coming out of the north gate goes out five sixty four.
1: That's an important piece. Out of the
2: north gate. <laughs> north gate. Right. So that's so there are there is another
1: gate you can go out. Yeah,
2: you come in right now. The, the terminal boulevard gate is the main gate. They are coming out right now, but they're going kind of around and looping back into Hampton. That's a temporary back into Hampton Boulevard as we're constructing the uh, 564 project, so the, the connector. So they, you know, physically, um, they're going to drive out the 564 when they go out the North Gate.
6: So what would the ratio of impact of this be? What percentage of, of trucks would be leaving <coughs> North Gate versus those on South?
2: I, I'm not Just the best. I'm not the best. Uh, yeah, that, that's. But it's important,
6: important for us to know that.
2: Right, I agree. I agree, and I, and I don't know exactly. And you know, it, we they, had
6: been promised that this connector would significantly mm-hmm. help us with the terrible burden we carry right. in the city mm-hmm. on Hampton Boulevard with trucks. Right. We've been working with this for 12 years. We were um, told we needed to be patient. Um, this is a state port. I mean, certainly some of you have well, some. What we can help meant, us with this. I can
7: be sure that at your next work session that there's someone from the port who can answer those questions for you. Because we, we not, cannot answer those questions, but the port would be able to give you the specific information that you're requesting. And I can be sure that you have someone at your next work session.
6: And what is your thoughts on how this should be?
2: My you, thoughts?
6: The, well, I mean, the port works for you all, right?
7: The port works, under bus under bus man, but I, I'm for, I am not an engineer, okay. so I, I I cannot
6: give you I an just, answer on that. You know, that. we've been waiting for so long for some help with this burden. I and, understand that. Um, That's why I told we're you. We're finally there, and we'd like to. And I understand you're saying somebody's going to come and let us know that.
8: Okay, Martin, you're really. How will these hot lanes interface with the expected hot lanes to be installed in the expanded HRVT? These lanes, obviously, as as they're currently set up go in one direction at a time. Right. But the expanded HRBT, I under the understanding that we'll have them in both directions. How is that going to work?
2: We don't know the answer yet. We don't okay. know the answer yet. So as we work through the first piece in with the operation on implementing the uh, reversible lanes right now, the design concept of the uh, HRBT, we're still working on that to try to have that uh, connectivity through through the 564 um, interchange. So that's that, the
8: key point. And, and you may still not know this question to answer this to me there, but is it foreseeable that, or is it in your plan that this will be connected as one hot lane yeah. uh, system, or are they going to be two separate hot lane systems?
2: I, ideally, what, what uh, Tony showed was what the TPO endorsed, um, supporting kind of a a hot lane network that goes almost 45 miles from Jefferson Avenue all the way to Bowers Hill, so they would be connected um, and you would generate trips by in and out right now. This one is a uh, you know, one transaction. you come in in on one end and you go out the other. so but you'd have in and out throughout the, the corridor going from you know Newport News to Chesapeake if you will. but it would be a connected um, hot network.
8: Yes, with, with that expanded <coughs> network leaves a good portion of Norfolk limited in its ability to get onto the hot lanes because it is right now pretty much one end in, one end out. Is there any plan to add ingress or egress points on these hot lanes? Okay. Maybe you can take that back for us.
9: Alright, Mr. Riddick. Yeah. Um, why are the why is anyone traveling free? I mean why you know if you got more if you got why aren't all cars? YOU KNOW, PAYING to, TO TRAVEL. IT SAYS 50 CENTS FOR ONE PERSON, BUT TWO PLUS, is, OR TWO IS FREE.
10: THAT 50
7: CENTS IS JUST uh, FOR A STARTING POINT. RIGHT. SO I DON'T WANT YOU TO HOLD US TO THAT. IT'S JUST A STARTING POINT THAT WE WANTED TO JUST SHOW SOMETHING ON THE SIDE, BECAUSE WE'RE STILL MODELING, SO I, WE right. CANNOT TELL YOU WHAT IT WAS GOING TO yeah. BE.
9: BECAUSE IT SEEMS LIKE IT SHOULD BE A REVENUE ENHANCER. IF WE'RE HAVING TROUBLE IN THIS this, this PART OF THE uh, the state funding different projects. If this were uh, a revenue enhancer that we could dedicate to some of the other things we need done up and down there, as opposed to just fifty cents, you can take that message back. I think
11: we're also encouraging high occupancy vehicles still, though two plus, right? So we're still.
9: They should pay as well. Because right
11: now the HOPs are free if you're two plus, so they'll still remain that. So that would be
12: un unre- and unfair to tax. I mean, right but it's
9: tax. it's free, period. You know. No. But it's only right now if it's just one person, you can't ride on it. Right. So it's if you want to do one it's, person it's, and ride an i yeah, I'm saying it should, should be a, a revenue enhancer, and everybody should pay. That's just my point. Just doing. make that a toll road. Yeah. All right, all right. Jim. I'm not
11: too I'm
9: sure I
7: want to start now. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, ALL RIGHT. You uh, but you do
7: realize that the hot lanes is a choice. It is a choice you will still have the general purpose lanes. And for solo drivers, someone like me who's always riding alone, I will not mind paying the extra money to get into the hot lanes. And if I get into the hot lanes, that frees up a space for someone who does not want to pay the extra money. So it is a choice. And I think it would be a very hard sale to start tolling on existing capacity, I don't think that would go over very well. But I'm here to talk about your favorite subject. Everyone loves Easy Pass. Does everyone have an Easy Pass? Yes, have okay. one? This is an Easy Pass one the the that they sell here in the city. Is it the treasurer's office?
13: Missioner,
0: DMV
7: DMV downstairs. Okay. But we have Easy Pass on the go, and I'm all thumbs here. But I'm trying to open it. Don't help me. I see I want to jump up.
4: I see you're trying to jump up. But I just want to show you how easy.
7: You go into a store and you pick it up, and it has a little uh, little Ziploc, and you get an Easy Pass. Most of you have this. We are now going to a different type, which is the Flex. And the flex is what you will need if you're going to do the HOV. If you're going to be HOV two in the fl- in the hot lanes, you're going to need this flex transponder, which you switch on and off to say HOV. I'll pass my crop around. Does <laughs> I have an annual <laughs> I finish?
14: Switch it. I got it.
7: You have if bend. you are, if there are two people in the car with you, then you switch it to HOV. So it's free, then. and it's free. But if it's just you, you have to keep it on that side.
12: And they you have been distracting me even more when yes. I'm driving. I'm sorry.
7: But
10: <laughs> there's technology out
7: there, guys. Let me just say right now, the only way we're going to be able to enforce that is with uh, state troopers. But I just want to warn you all that there is technology that they are piloting in Northern Virginia and in Maryland that will be able to detect how many people you have in your car. So, but that's what you would use. How but much if you is this? excuse me, how much is this? Same price as this one. 30, and if you have, is it thirty dollars? You pay thirty-five dollars. The thirty-five dollars <laughs> is all <laughs> tolls. When you first get it, it's fifteen dollars on the transplant. After you register the transponder, you get the additional $20. But you have to go online and register it, add your license plate, and all that good information. And then you get the full $35. There's no maintenance fee and there's no charge.
12: And there's no annual fee. No annual
7: fee. No annual fee.
4: This is just a regular one. If you have one
7: of these, if you go to a customer service, Office, which we have one on in Church Street and one in Portsmouth in the old Tower Mall area. If you go there, they will exchange it for you free. I'll just pass my props around
14: just be
4: sure you
7: return them. Can, is really is anybody some on? Friendly? Is anybody <laughs> on? So I they, sure <laughs> they, they did say they were going to get me one. I We know what to get for <laughs> 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 No, seriously, those are nice Christmas gifts. I gave them out to my family <laughs> who live in Portsmouth. I'm serious, guys. Good mm-hmm. Christmas gifts. Everybody wants a transponder if they're gonna, gonna be on the toll to roll. But
13: so you, all drivers must have
7: an easy pass or an easy pass fund. An easy pass is just a form of payment. It's just a form of payment. As I said earlier, you can go online to get an Easy Pass. You can call our 800 number. We have two customer service centers. We have Easy Pass on the Go retailers. And that is my presentation. No hard questions.
8: Yes, so, sir. What happens to the money that you collect?
7: All the monies collected on the hot lanes will remain in the Hampton Rose region. Future transportation, future transportation, yes, a future transportation, but it will stay in your region. And we're not opening until December. You may look at the road and think it's ready, but we're not going to open until December because we want to do extensive testing on this. Because VDOT will be the ones who will be doing the invoicing. So,
12: can we travel for free if we volunteer to be a test dummy?
0: <laughs> what is pre now
11: until December? There's it's free a joke. now until December. Andrea. Okay, I just wanted to clarify something. So, right now, we are getting Elizabeth River Tunnels, are, are the ones who are invoicing us for our use of the midtown and the downtown tunnels. Yes. So, it would be a different invoice for use of the hot lanes from CDOT. Yes, how does that How That sounds a little confusing to me. I mean, well,
7: I'm, I'm going to be called on my tolling
11: expertise. I just have it on automatic repay to my credit card. Yeah. and that works. And that, that works. works. It doesn't yeah. make a difference.
7: What toll What toll facility you go to? The Easy Pass will work. Okay. The, the, only the, in, the only time
0: there's an invoice. only time
7: there's an invoice is, if, is if you go through and you have no money on your transponder or you don't have a transponder. Tommy. Just <laughs> Tommy. Yeah.
15: No, that that, that that's okay. exactly. Thank right. Thank you. So, I just want to clarify. Yeah. So there's the a yeah. distinction.
11: So I No, no, no. One,
7: One two, transponder. Three, two, three. An easy pass works in 16 states, I believe? Six, six, yeah, it's all yeah. the way to Maine. All the yeah. way to Maine. And that hot pass works in the same states that the easy pass worked in. Correct. The flex, yes. The flex will work. Okay. But every state does not have the hot lanes. Okay. And the switchable uh converters. Okay. But, but we won't get a I separate bill flex. if we go it's to another best. state. They'll bill us something. As long as you have your transponder it's and your car right, it, and you have money on, on it, right, you should not have a problem. You got it. Shh. All
13: right.
0: Anything else? Any questions for the secretary? You guys are an easy crowd.
13: One. You should have been here
7: earlier. There's one thing I would like to say, though. Um, I do work with the toll relief program that is only for Norfolk and Portsmouth residents, and that's for the Midtown-Downtown Tunnel. We will begin registration again December 1st. Right now, we have about 2,200 individuals who are getting a $1 credit when they go through the tunnel. But it's based on frequency. After they've gone through the tunnel on their eighth trip, then it kicks in and they get a rebate for the $1 for those first eight trips.
12: So
7: toll relief is what? Registration begins December 1st. Okay, and toll relief is? Toll relief is for residents who live in Norfolk or Portsmouth. Mm -hmm who travel the Midtown-Downtown Tunnel, who make less than $30,000 a year. You have to show proof of income, and you register at the Norfolk Customer Service Center or the Portsmouth Customer Service Center. But the registration period will begin again December 1st, and you have to re-register every year. Is there a website? Link or something? Yes, there is a website. Go to the VDOT site, you will find it. If you go to the EasyPass site, where's the. Right. you
15: go to the EasyPass site, is there a link? I think we have a
7: link
0: on the frequently
4: asked questions. Okay. It'll take
0: you back to the, the VDOT website. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Jim, yeah. go ahead
2: and finish. Huh? We're just going to take, uh, if, if, if you have just another five minutes, I'm going to ask Martha Gross to come up. She is the uh, uh, mega projects manager. She's running the lead on HRBT. And I thought it might be talking with Doug might be helpful just to give you guys an update on uh, where we're at on that project. Okay.
4: Mm Thank you. I'd like to offer updates in in two categories on where we stand with the project. The first is the procurement of the project itself, and uh, we'd like to share where we stand currently with the bringing a contractor on board. We're holding to the original schedule we published for a two-phase procurement that sees a request for qualifications going out this fall from the contractors that respond to that. We anticipate in selecting a short list and then giving those contractors a request for proposals next spring. Once we uh, put that out, we'll work with them over calendar year 2018 to uh, um, understand their ideas for the project, to work with them on uh, developing their concepts and receive their proposals in late 2018, selecting a preferred proposer toward the end of the year and awarding the contract in spring 2019. We anticipate approximately a five year construction period, which will have the project open to traffic in 2024 at the current estimate. One of the uh, details that's underway with the procurement is uh, VDOT's practice is to consider multiple procurement alternatives, not presupposing which one may bring the best value to the Commonwealth, but to look at uh, different models. We're using uh, I 66 in Northern Virginia as a pattern for how this best value was obtained. In this case, we're looking at multiple models such as a design build or a design build, finance, operate, maintain to see where is the best value that the proposers can bring us. And once we're able to assess those on an equal footing, we'll be able to go forward with that procurement method for the request for proposals next year. We're seeing good interest from the proposer community, even though the uh, procurement ha- has not yet formally started. That will happen later this fall. We see at least five good, strong teams out there a lot with international experience and credentials that have built a lot of big tunnels, uh, significant tunnels around the world, and we're very pleased by the quality of ideas and the teams that are uh, circling the the project. The second item that I'd like to bring up as to where we are in planning for the project is the number of studies that we're doing concurrently in planning for this. We recognize that when the contractors have unknowns or risks in uh, planning their bids, they translate that into additional cost for the state in order to get the best uh, value project and convert those unknowns into uh, more project versus a con- more contingency for the proposers, we're spending the advanced time now to uh, help resolve some of those question marks. And I'd like to walk through a couple of the studies that we're performing now and have been working on since the beginning part of the year to reduce some of those risks. One of the big unknowns in tunnel projects is what are the subsurface conditions? We are very happy to have the original records from the tunnel construction back in the 1950s and the 70s. And we've been able to post those records online so that bidders are able to have an initial view of what the subsurface conditions are. Thankfully, even despite the passage of time, subsurface conditions 100, 150, 200 feet down don't change. We took some additional samples this spring through the islands, and we've been able to post those soil results so the bidders can use those and be understanding what's under the surface and we plan to take some marine borings this fall to understand what the subsurface conditions are across the channel where the bulk of the tunnel will go. So your constituents will see, uh, in fact, a, a boring rig to the west of the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel this fall. That will be a crane on a barge with a drilling rig. should be out for a couple of months starting uh, October onward through the end of the year, and uh, we'll post the, those reports online and updates as that effort moves forward. We're also conducting studies that have to do with the wildlife. Uh, The fish are a question because there is endangered sturgeon in the channel and unless uh, their behavior is properly respected, there might have to be a time of year restriction for the project. We believe by understanding the sturgeon behavior now through our current studies, we may be able to minimize that impact on the project. We're also doing navigational studies to understand the needs of the navigational stakeholders who use the channel. We're working on understanding the, the pavement and the soils, also on the land side, to know what the best quality pavement is to mesh into what we have, currently have along the corridor. We've uh, studied the wetlands. We rec- recently finished the uh, wetland delineation and have a preliminary jurisdictional determination, which is a head nod from the uh, agencies that says this is uh, uh, what they expect to see and the project can move forward with more confidence. We're also doing uh, studies of what kind of wildlife and marine creatures live on the bottom of the channel, because we recognize if the the channel is dug up to put a tunnel in or the the islands are expanded, that will disturb certain wildlife. Mitigation will need to be done. So we have tests going on this week, in fact, weather permitting if the storms move away, to be able to uh, monitor and record right now what that wildlife is so proper mitigations can be done as the project moves forward. One other item I'd like to note is we're continuing to look at multiple construction methods. There's 10 tunnels in Hampton Roads right now. All 10 of them have been constructed by the immersed tube method, which you may be familiar with through the Midtown Tunnel. A segment is built, um, immersed into place in a dredged trench, and then multiple segments are connected together. All 10 tunnels that we currently have are built that way. Tunnel number 11, which is currently in planning for the Thimble Shoal Channel across the Chesapeake Bay, is going to be a different sort which is enabled by advances in tunnel boring technology. This is a large machine, in this case, a cutter head about 40 feet in diameter, that will cut through the soil layers, go underneath the channel without needing to uh, um, have vessels in the navigational channel, and then come up on the other island. There are pros and cons to each method, and we believe the region is best served by having the innovation of contractors who are capable of each method or both, able to bring their best ideas to the table. So we expect, as proposers bring their concepts to us over the course of the coming year, we will be able to assess what the pros and cons, what the strengths and weaknesses of each are, and ultimately the cost considerations, so that we can get the best value for the community. Thank you. I
0: got a couple of questions. Um, yes, sir. First, um, thank you for your update on the HRBT. But what I have not heard is any expansion to 64 approaching the HRBT, and if so. What impact will that expansion have on Willoughby, uh, and also the um, and what risk if, if there are if there is impact what risk will we uh, occur to our residents who live in Willoughby spit and the second question, um, as far as the uh, ramps onto 64 at Fourth View and 15th View, how will this project uh, impact uh, those two things?
4: Certainly. Both those questions were looked at closely in the environmental impact statement because we recognize that this corridor goes very closely to a number of residential communities. And in fact, the concept for this project was limited to six lanes on land both in Norfolk and in Hampton because the impact of having a wider corridor would just be too great on the surrounding communities. So in Willoughby, the corridor will be six lanes wide and that will stay within the existing right of way to prevent those impacts. The question about fourth view and uh, 15th view ramps, uh, certainly we have four lanes there now. In order to tie into the tunnels, we'll be moving to six uh, lanes. That will require reconfiguring those ramps, especially at 15th view, to be able to maintain the proper radii and the proper speed for people to get on and off. And we're looking at some design concepts now in our preliminary engineering studies to uh, uh, optimize that.
0: Do you have have existing uh, land, or would you have to uh acquire uh, to in order to retrofit that ramp at 15th View to meet the uh, new, uh, new expansion?
4: We're currently studying that. We believe there are ways to minimize the amount of uh, right of way necessary, or uh, in many cases, eliminate it altogether. And that's an area where we will be looking to the proposer community to bring their innovation and help us find better ways to reduce the footprint and deliver it in a, uh, in a smaller area. And I think
13: um, Martin, Andrea, and I would all tell you that the fourth view is a nightmare, nightmare, major priority for anybody down in Ocean View. That just the um, on ramp cannot handle the traffic flow that happens there. It needs to be expanded. There needs to be other opportunities for cars to get off of uh, the road. And I'm Martin. I'd be curious to hear how Willoughby would react if. Uh, with 15th 15 view, 15 view uh, actually closing. I just just not even, uh, it'd be interesting to hear. They have split,
0: split concerns. That okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. but, but also, if Before we close 15th view, yeah. wouldn't we have to get permission from the Federal Highway Authority uh, closing a ramp, or can dot make that decision?
4: There's interchange modification justification reports that have to be assessed when a change of that magnitude is made. It's worth, it's worth a discussion. So, and the
13: fourth view needs a lot of looking at. This is the time to do it. And this we've got, this is the exact if we got if we're be working to there, well. we've, we need to do
0: something. Are right, Any other questions before we Jim comes back? Certainly. All right, Jim, good.
4: One Sorry, other go item I'd like to mention relevant to the area there is uh, the treatment of overheight vehicles. Mm-hmm. That's not only a consideration for a lot of the current slowdowns in the tunnel, especially heading west down, that's the lower tunnel as you know. And an overhyped vehicle doesn't just briefly stop traffic, but it, it creates a whole ripple effect. And by being able to pull those overhyped vehicles out of traffic um, in a location before they get to the tunnel will really have a uh, great benefit in reducing those uh, traffic backups. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you. Thank, 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 you. You. thank you, Grinley.
2: Mayor, that was that was all I had. Unless you okay, had any questions, I'll okay. so we'll let you guys go. I know you got a busy night, so unless there's any questions, we'll Jim, thank you. All appreciate right. that that's very that's much. Right. I should acknowledge our own
1: Thelma Drake, who uh, we always appreciate her uh, looking over everybody's shoulder on our transportation needs. Thank you, Phil. All right, Mayor, we're going to do, and, and you're not going to hurt our feelings if you all leave. I'm back to Rich. <laughs> if you don't
4: have
1: any traffic,
11: need that careful of the tunnel. We need that that easy switch
1: over we're we're going to do three quick pop ups. And first one, Karen Rudd, who is our manager of North GUARDS, is going to talk about a program of five points I think y'all know about, although there were a couple of questions this week, and you got some items on your agenda tonight that frankly consent.
16: Uh, yes yeah, so real quick I think there are 11 ordinances on or 11 items on the agenda that are um, licenses for property owners on a fund project that we've been working on with councilwoman Johnson called um, we're calling it the five points drive-through gallery so let's see am I doing it not the arrow. Down. So our goals really were to use art to do some kind of fun things, to reignite the community, to, to label this part of town as um, energetic and inventive and creative. The first idea was um, could we paint murals on all these buildings, and we came up with what we think is a really better idea using local artists. It's the area that you see right here between um, Chesapeake Boulevard on Sewell's Point Road It's about four or five blocks of um, businesses and vacant buildings. So all along there, we um, put out a call for artists. We had about 100 artists from around Hampton Roads who um, submitted five images, a committee of people that were business owners and um there, yay. Oh, no, we're not going to look at art yet. Um, Business owners, people from the Civic League looked through, set one night and looked through 500 artworks and selected 43. We're going to be paying those artists $200 a piece just for the use of their work. And then we're going to print them on large commercial grade vinyls and install them on the buildings like you see these Matisse and Picassos along the buildings. Um, We're planning right now a party, a gallery opening party that details yet to come. And real quick, I just put in some of the artwork. It's um, all local artists who will bring their families and friends and artists from all across Norfolk that are involved at the Chrysler Museum and the Glass Studio and the Arts District. So you see their names and it's really inclusive. It'll be bright and colorful. And so those agreements on your agenda are license agreements for the property owners to give us permission to install these vinyl
14: things. Anything? SO WHAT IS REALLY GREAT THAT'S HAPPENING IN FIVE POINTS IS um, THE COLLABORATION BETWEEN LOCAL BUSINESS OWNERS AND THE RESIDENTS OF FIVE POINTS AND THEY'VE BEEN WORKING FOR ALMOST TWO YEARS NOW TOGETHER um, IN FORMING THE FIVE POINTS TASK FORCE. AND SO WE WANT, I WANT TO SEE uh, FIVE POINTS IS THIS PLACE WHERE WE'RE GOING TO BRING the outside of Norfolk into Five Points to show them that great things are happening in the Five Points area. And this is a a, a wonderful start. Um, The committee was formed with business owners and right in that corridor, there are about 10 um, neighborhoods, different neighborhoods Mm -hmm. who work together who are going to bring it. And it is gonna be huge. And we're inviting the entire city. It's not just a Five Points project, but we wanted to get everybody from the city involved. Um, and today, Karen and I had a meeting with um, Mr. Rhinestone, Reinstein. Rhinestein. Ramstein. Um, what? Rhinestein. Okay, Rhinestein. Um, to express what my vision was for Five Points and to invite all of you there um, so that you can participate in this wonderful art gallery um, theme and we're still working on exactly what the theme is because it's no longer a drive through um, art exhibit this is sort of like our first festival in the community of five points that will include music uh, music the arts Um, people from other communities. So we're really excited and it should take place in about five weeks. Pointing to five
1: points. Okay. All right, so Mayor, obviously we talk a lot about being a creative uh, community and certainly no better example than that. James Rogers is gonna jump up and just uh, remind you or or share with you some information about the twenty seventeen Virginia Statewide Neighborhood Conference and some recognition that that Nolford received. All
15: right. Good evening Mayor Vice Mayor and City Councilmember Mr. Smith. Uh, this is really just, I uh, wanted to share with you, uh, this past Saturday, we had an opportunity to go to the Virginia Statewide Conference, and Councilmember Johnson was there. We had staff from, from uh, all over the city here. And here, yeah, I just wanted to, and these conferences are where you uh, actually share best practices of what you're doing. And uh, so again, I just wanted to share this with you real quick. That is our group, and you got people from Neighborhood Development, folks from the Mayor's Office, and also from the uh, Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Really, the, the big thing for us, Mr. Smith, has always been encouraging each department to really be thought leaders. And so, uh, we have an opportunity. We had an opportunity to share uh, some presentations. Uh, again, one on uh, five stages of our community life, uh, building healthy communities through collaboration. Uh, had a swim. We have a splash program over at the uh, uh, Southside Community Center, and also building coalitions. And really, this is uh, Councilmember. McClellan and Johnson, you actually came to the uh, Generational Changers Summit, and that was uh, highlighted. So, again, just wanted to share those workshops with you, and there's some more pictures. But the big thing for us is uh, there were four categories. We won in three of those categories, and so, again, we were very proud of that. And uh, uh, Council Member Johnson, you could just see her over there clapping. So, again, it was very nice, and again, project of the year, individual. Youth project of the effort of the year, youth group effort of the year, and um, just really looking at some folks. Uh, City manager really is uh, very keen on this uh, uh, nail program, and you can see two of his nail folks, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Delk Kuhlman and uh, Zamari, who works in the mayor's office. Uh, actually, did the presentation on the generational changes. So again, it was very very nice, and uh, we took away. The icing on the cake is the project of the year. That's the one they always look at, and it's uh, one that you're very familiar with, which is the old Huntersville uh, neighborhood plant, and really sharing with them. And actually, uh, uh, Ms. B. Garvin was also uh, one of the uh, presentations. Uh, so again, this is one, of, just wanted to share with you. We were very excited. I did stop on the side of the road and text these to you. I didn't <laughs> do a while I was driving, so anyway. So <laughs> so anyway, but that's it, just really wanted to share that with you. and. Uh, Again, we're very proud when we go, and um, next year will be—it's a statewide conference. Next year will be in Portsmouth. So again, uh, we're just very proud when we went up there and uh, could come away with uh, three out of the four present uh, things. So appreciate it. Thank you.
14: And it was really nice for us to basically—we swept. <laughs> we just took all the awards. WE COULD POSSIBLY TAKE FOR THIS VIRGINIA STATEWIDE NEIGHBORHOOD CONFERENCE. AND NORFOLK SHOULD BE PROUD. WE SHOULD BE TELLING OUR STORY BECAUSE GOOD THINGS ARE HAPPENING IN NORFOLK. GOOD THINGS ARE HAPPENING IN OUR COMMUNITY. AND IT WAS AN HONOR. AND THE CITY OF NORFOLK, IF I'M NOT mistaken, MR. ROGERS, YOU CAN can TELL ME IF I AM. WE WERE THE ONLY ONE WHO HAD A COUNCIL PERSON TO REPRESENT Uh, To be there to represent their city at the Virginia statewide neighborhood conference. So, B Garvin over in Huntersville, Um, Gianni, who was the young lady who does the Barbie doll. um, Yes, she took first place, and it was just great. And you should be proud. Um, This city council should be proud. So, thank you. Uh, It was it was just great, and we're going to take it.
15: Real quick. I see the uh, assistant director of neighborhood development, which is uh, Kim Pierce, and also uh, Michelle Johnson, who's neighborhood development. She's here, so I wanted to just recognize them. They were there, and they made sure I got back very quickly back to NORTH. So and we're going to take
14: it again in Portsmouth because. <laughs> Portsmouth said, Come to Portsmouth because they're on the right side of the water. No. And I politely said to her, like my words. No, 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 no. So you're going you to have to correct that. My words Norfolk is on the correct bit. side of the water. We're mm-hmm. on the right it side. It also
6: depends a lot on which way
14: you're facing. You <laughs> also tell them
6: they're on the left I side. I took it as a
14: challenge and I let her know, No, we're the right city.
6: I think it's right
14: bank. Actually, they're on we're the, the right left right
6: side. side. Can't
14: we all
12: there just get
1: yeah, All right, on so right. You're on the dark side. You should never go there. All right, all right. So, uh, a month or so ago, we had an item, a lease come up uh, and had some questions on it. We ended up needing to defer it. And so, um, we're going to have an item on your uh, agenda next time for the Economic Development Office. And uh, the lease is coming up. So, I just wanted Chuck to step up for literally two minutes, tell you what's going on. And if you have a question or uh, comment, uh, welcome that. But this will be on your agenda on the 10th of
17: October. Thank you, Mr. Manager. Uh, again, the Department of Development's lease is expiring 12:31 of this year, so at the end of the year, it's going to be expiring. So everybody knows we're on the 15th floor of the BB&T building, and those new building owners are consolidating those top two floors and are basically clearing them for a two-floor prospect. We hope uh, that uh, that prospect does happen. And if that was to occur, we may have to jump out a little bit ahead of that twelve thirty-one date. But we began a process back in March for an RFP for solicitation of buildings that might be able to house the Department of Development. Again, keeping in mind, we don't have lease renewals at the BB&T building, uh, and we will either be uh, having to relocate within that building or, or lease somewhere else. And we've been able to have very good discussions and negotiations Uh, with another building uh, that is within the budget that we currently have uh, for the Department of Development. And when all in, it's a a pretty good deal, and you're going to be seeing that coming up uh, on the 10th. Be glad to answer any questions.
9: Mr. Riddick, how much do we pay annually to lease outside of this building?
17: About $147,000 a year. Mm
9: -hmm. Is it necessary?
12: As I that question, can they come here?
9: is you know, I guess years ago, uh, a building like that would have been a, a, an asset in terms of an address of distinction, but it seems that we could be able to do the same thing, you know, inside and save that one hundred forty-seven thousand. I never saw the practicality of uh, of going outside, you know. Uh, that was just, that's just me, and I don't need you know you know to make a Comment that's just me. All right, thank you, Chuck. Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, all right.
1: Patiently waiting in the wings has been your City Auditor, uh, John Sanderlin, who is going to um, step forward and give you his um, annual audit plan.
10: Good evening to each of you. I come before you each year to present the schedule of audits that uh, we have for the fiscal year for, for your consideration, and today we are here to do that. Uh, first, we are going to give an overview of the uh, plan. Then we'll talk a little bit about the parameters of the plan. Then we'll talk about the uh, development of the plan itself. Then we'll present the actual uh, plan. The plan is really represents a blueprint of what the Office of City Auditor plans to do in terms of its audits. One thing that we have to point out is that the plan is just a plan uh, which means that there should be flexibility for, in the plan, uh, particularly for other works of the office to include the fraud waste abuse hotline, any management requests of unforeseen needs or priorities. This year's plan is basically going to consist of 15 uh, proposed audits, which five are coming, uh, carryovers from the fiscal year 17, and four are going to be anticipated to carry over to fiscal year uh, 19. The plan, as we state to you each year, the plan builds in a number of audits that are uh, extra audits, if we may term it that way, in case we have some decreases in the workloads in terms of particular investigations uh, of the demand work. The goal and objective of the plan is, first of all, to establish the framework for the audits to be conducted. Also, it guides the activities of the of the sit of the auditor's office in a workflow. Also, it outlines the audit focus for the year, and also, as you stressed earlier in the overview, it allows flexibility. Each time we develop the plan for to bring to this governing body, we look at their sources of where we uh, look to uh, come up with the areas of audit focus. Audit leads is, is one area, and that's normally things that we may come to our attention from doing prior audits, from investigations, uh, complaints, uh, city financial audit. Then there, internally, the staff uh, will do a risk assessment and look at things that we consider as areas of concern. Externally, from what we hear from feedback from possibly from citizens, current events, trends, and other localities and state government as well. Then also from our hotline, where we get, uh, may have get allegations or complaints from city employees or citizens. Also, management plays a key role. Uh, me and the city manager met to discuss areas that possibly we need to consider to audit. We also get information from the departments themselves. Are we getting them from the city agencies? City council also, you all can set priorities for what should be on the annual plan, which you had done uh, last fiscal year, gave us some areas that you wanted to us to, to review. Right, to get directly into the program uh, for the audit plan for this year, we, we do it by quarters. So for July, August, this, September, these this represents the five audits that, that basically were carried over from the prior fiscal year, fiscal year 17, uh, that we are wrapping up. One first one we're dealing with the uh, operations of the Department of Development. Secondly the assessment the challenges the fitness of the administration of the city's homeless and poverty initiatives. The evaluation and challenges of the fitness of the uh, management controls for citywide contract administration, similar a, a, a evaluation of the challenges of the fitness of the maintenance, citywide maintenance process, and also the council had asked us to look at the city manager's contingency uh, account, public amenities, land acquisition, and revolving count. These are audits that we are in the final stages of. Reports should be coming you all's way uh, in the next month or so from these. Our second quarter will evolve, involves entails the beginning of the new audit schedule of new audits. Uh, one is the evaluation of the after action review and the correct action plan of payroll. That is something that you all had requested. Uh, we were waiting on uh, management to finish up some things that they were doing in that area. Then the evaluation of the challenges and the hurdles and opportunities for the safety programs, assessment of challenges, and fitness of the administration, the CDBG funds and also challenges and hurdles and opportunities for general services parking division. That's the second quarter. As we move into the third quarter, we would carry over uh, some of those items. The first three bullets would be carried over from that, from that second quarter. Then we would add on freedom of information of the four-year process for the city. Also, the valuation of challenges and hurdles and opportunities for the city procurement process. And then we'll start our cycle reviews of the audits, which we have, of departments, which we have not done for a while, starting with the, the audit of the city's libraries. Then lastly, our fourth quarter, we'll continue to carry over some things from our third quarter. The first uh, t- uh, three bullets there, I mean, first two, rather, with the library's audits and the valuation of the city assessment process will be a new audit then continuing our cycle audits, we will look at the Department of Human Resources, recruitment, and hiring process. And lastly, we will look at the uh, audit, we will do an audit of the Fire and Rescue Department. So here we have our audits uh, for, plan audits for the year uh, for, for your consideration. And also, we have, as other work that the office, as you're aware, we responsible for the investigations, dealing with fraud, waste, and abuse hotline. We also administrate the KPMG contract for the city's financial audit. We also deal with the missing and lost, stolen property database, review of the disbursements and credit card transaction efforts training, uh, any requests that may come from you all as a body, cash counts, and any other city agency requests. Uh, a few years, two years ago, we had schools to request us to do an audit. So we, we will uh, uh, consider any requests from the, from the other agencies. Are there any questions? The
11: school? Does the school board have their the schools have their own auditor, or no. do you provide any audit? We
10: them? we will from time to time offer OUR services to the schools. They have not had an audit shop since 1999.
11: I think. So who does who audits them?
10: They don't have internal audit staff like we do. We we had just uh, a years ago had asked me to go over to the schools. Uh, that was early back in 2000, around 2002, 2003, to inquire about that. Uh, and from time to time, I will speak with the superintendent, uh, the uh, the audit committee chair, to inquire about them getting an internal audit shop. But right now, there is no, there is not
13: an, an internal audit shop. But they do. They do hire an auditor to audit individual school. They every summer an auditor comes in and looks over schools' um, finances. KPMG or um, KPMG, KPMG
10: is right. hired to Pardon.
13: do the. the KPMG sure. is hired as the is the auditor for the financial is that what you're talking about? I don't think it's KPMG. There's another auditor that comes through and looks at the internal accounts of each school. They have an audit. They have a person designated in the finance department.
10: THAT'S RESPONSIBLE FOR DOING STUDENT ACTIVITY FUNDS. Right. That's, SO THAT'S AN IN-HOUSE PERSON. AND THEN KPMG ALSO WILL REVIEW THE STUDENT ACTIVITIES
13: FUNDS. I THINK THAT'S WHO, come, MAYBE THAT'S WHO COMES IN. IT'S NOT AN MPS employee THAT GOES INTO THE SCHOOLS AND DOES THAT in SOMEBODY ELSE. <coughs> MR. Riddick. YEAH. Uh, JOHN, HOW OFTEN
9: uh, IS SUGGESTED THAT YOU, THAT AN uh, ORGANIZATION CHANGES EXTERNAL AUDIT?
10: Well, there's no, we have to go about it really by the the State Virginia Procurement uh, Act. There is some, well, there's some say that after eight years, but there is, we, it's based on uh, the bids that come in and Mm -hmm. us following what the State Procurement Act says. So we can't, uh, we won't necessarily put in and say, well, after eight years, we're going to, and now City Attorney can can address that Mm -hmm. more so than I whether We can stipulate that we would say after eight years we will get another firm. But this firm has been with us for, for a while, but they were selected competitively through the process as, they, as, as we would do in accordance with our city charter as well as the state procurement act. John, let me, let me just make sure um,
0: I understand Mr. Ritter's question. I believe his question is, how
10: often can we change? You said that we had every eight years, we have to... No, 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 I was saying that some would say that period, but we, we don't have just a, a set time. time now that's we good. will go out for bid. Uh, right now we are in a contract with KPMG. It's a five year contract. Got it. So we had one year and four option years. You right know,
0: correct, that right. that the five year the five years is not statutorily we no. that's that's what you negotiated.
10: Right. Got it. Right. So we can go every year we can go back out for bid on the contract.
9: Uh, Mr.
10: Yeah. And
9: uh, is is the abuse hotline the same as whistleblowing? Or is that something different? You know how, how uh, employees come to you and complain about how they're being treated.
10: Okay. Uh, let's make sure we get some clarity. Yeah. The hotline we maintain is the Fryer Waste Abuse Hotline. Okay. Now in some case on some on some occasions we do get complaints from employees about their treatment. Right. That's really an HR issue. Uh-huh. It's really more of a management issue. But so they come
9: to you? I mean, aren't you the, you know, the person that, that kind of you know flesh these things out?
10: I thought No, so. no, it should be HR. Okay. However, employees can utilize or they will utilize our hotline to make complaints about how they're being treated by management. Uh-huh. We will refer those to HR if we have the information to refer to HR. A lot of times, things are general information, and we can't really give HR anything that they would be be useful for them to. So you don't ever settle
9: disputes between employees and. No, that's employee. not our role. Okay, that's not our role. Okay. S- Good. So, so if you
12: have something that comes in on the fraud, waste, and abuse hotline. That is of an HR nature, you do pass it on to them, correct? If we have
10: the information, if we have the, enough information versus somebody saying, oh, my manager is treating me badly, we okay. have not <laughs> enough details, we, we won't pass okay. that okay. on to them. But, they, okay. but we will pass on if information that's useful for information them. Right, for right. Them and too. sometimes we will reach back out to those who utilize the, uh, we have an online uh, form that they can utilize where we can. Reach back to them, talk okay. you, actually communicate back to them. We will ask sometimes, can you provide us more details? Okay,
12: and all that is still done with a high level of well, degree of confidentiality when you're going back and forth with an employee. All of that's confidential
10: for, for us, for our office okay. is confidential. Okay. And if they tell us that they do not yeah. want it shared, okay. unless it's c- certain things by the law we require, like discrimination, mm-hmm. some things like that, we will not uh, provide that information. So if they say they don't want something shared, Mm -hmm.
12: but the thing they say they don't want shared is critical to you being able, or HR, being able Mm -hmm. to come up with a solution to the problem, Mm -hmm. how do you handle that? Because if you don't, you know, it's like if you don't say, if you don't share it, you don't necessarily have the information. From
10: time to time, I meet with departments and basically we share with them general things that come in. That may be of interest for them as managers okay. so i will meet with department heads if it's general mm-hmm. stuff that we're getting mm-hmm. and share with the department heads that you know something's been coming on the hotline pertaining to uh treatment employees it was nothing specific. you need to be aware of and so you HR can be aware 11. to do what you may need to do to change the environment okay. But if it's anything specific then we will give it to
13: hr but if, if but if you have something serious that comes um, through the fraud, waste, and abuse hotline, you do have to stop. Almost, if you have an employee that's working on a, a general audit of a department, you almost have to assign them to go look into it before it gets right. bigger. Right. We so, will. We take every complaint from the hotline serious. From we
10: look at it from a serious standpoint, and we will stop what we're doing on audits to
13: look into these things. AND you, do you, WHAT PERCENT OF YOUR TIME IS BEING SPENT ON THAT um, HOTLINE? LAST FISCAL
10: YEAR WAS 28%, AND THE REASON, why, WE NORMALLY FLUCTUATE AROUND 32%, 33%. WE'VE HAD SOME VACANCIES OVER THE LAST TWO FISCAL YEARS, AND um, SO WE HAVE, SO THAT MAY HAVE CAUSED THAT TO GO DOWN. WE HAVE SEEN IT RISE,
13: BECAUSE WE'RE RIGHT AROUND 32 33%. A task on that. SO I'M GOING TO a- ASK YOU THIS ONE MORE TIME, AND I THINK THIS IS THE SIXTH TIME I'VE ASKED YOU THIS. DO YOU HAVE THE STAFF THAT YOU, I KNOW YOU'VE HAD SOME TURNOVER um, IN YOUR DEPARTMENT, BUT DO YOU HAVE THE STAFF THAT'S NEEDED TO COMPLETE ALL OF THOSE AUDITS THAT YOU PUT IN YOUR PLAN? BECAUSE I KNOW THEY GET BEHIND. WE, we KNOW that, THAT YOU DON'T ALWAYS GET TO THEM 100%, BUT I, I KNOW IN YEARS PAST, LIKE, THE SECRETARY FOR THE AUDITOR'S OFFICE WAS CUT, THAT POSITION WAS CUT. Um, Do you have somebody, do you need somebody that's completely dedicated to the hotline and handling audits so that when the budget year comes up, we can make sure that the proper positions are in there um, to make sure that everything's happening? To answer your question,
10: we don't have the staffing to complete the plan that I present to you, and we don't have a
13: person dedicated just to the hotline. That's, uh, a, that's the first time he said that in six years. Yeah. something must have changed. I don't, I don't know what it is, is but well, um, you need to put it in your budget.
9: Um, yeah, I think, I think because he, see, yeah. he's a, a council appointee, like yeah. the lawyer, the manager, the clerk, and so you need you you need to you know be assertive, you know, and try to get those things in your budget. That's right. Your budget doesn't have to be approved by the manager. Sure. Sure consideration <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make him make, make you think that he have to you know? and, and we've and we've done that with I know the city attorney's well,
13: office we've we've asked so it, if this is essential into making sure that the business of our city is done at a hundred percent proper we need to know that
10: Yep. I'M SORRY. No, UNLESS YOU ALL HAVE SOME MORE QUESTIONS, I, I HEAR YOU LOUD AND CLEAR. Okay. All, right. ALL RIGHT. ALL RIGHT. THANK um, YOU. you right. WE WILL GET WITH THE MANAGER. WE WILL TALK ABOUT IT. I
13: KNOW. All right, <laughs> GOING ON, MAN. ALL RIGHT. IT'S GOING ON. IT'S <laughs> GOING I did
0: not SEE ANY NAMES. <laughs> WE KNOW WHAT YOU'RE DOING.
9: All right,
1: Mayor, so that, that's all we're going to get into tonight. We've got a, um, uh, looks like we're going to have the joint school board meeting on the 3rd. So your first work session in um, October, uh, that Tuesday, the 3rd. Um, and uh, we'll do the retreat uh, overview uh, the following meeting on the, uh, the 10th of October. And um, with that, on that 10th, we'll also get uh, Christine Morris and uh, Katarina Oskerson, who are here tonight, uh, WILL GIVE US AN UPDATE ON THE OHIO CREEK um, PROJECT AND WHAT'S HAPPENING OVER IN CHESTERFIELD HEIGHTS. For, um, IT'S REALLY SOME PRETTY EXCITING STUFF AND I WANT TO GET YOU ALL UP TO SPEED. I, I THINK I PUT SOME STUFF IN THE LAST WEEK. Yeah.
9: Um, FOR THE REST OF THE COUNCIL, I MENTIONED TO THE MANAGER AND TO THE MAYOR THAT WE sent A LETTER TO VIRGINIA BEACH IN SUPPORT OF THEM TRYING TO GET AMAZON. 50,000 JOBS FOR THIS REGION WOULD BE, YOU KNOW, WOULD BE a uh, ON FRONT. I don't know whether we what we can do, but I don't I don't think we need to, you know, leave them out on an island. I think we need to let them know that uh anything that we can do, whether it's creating a a rapid transit bus from, you know, downtown Norfolk to Town Center, if it goes there. You know, but I I don't think that we should, you know, sit back and let the possibility, regardless of how remote it is, possibility of fifty thousand jobs come to this region. We just can't, you know. Let them hang out about letting them know that anything that we can do that we will help us. I because, because I guarantee you that right, everybody's not going to live in Virginia Beach 50,000 jobs and not going to just, you know. So we need to, you know, I think you are live in us from here. Yeah. I, I agree. New housing. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: Angela, you want to? No, work? I just, okay, had, Andrea.
11: Just um, on that, on a flip side, I just, I don't know if you all saw on the paper, um, Norfolk is part of a group of. Include four of our sister cities that uh, we were just awarded a um, a federal grant for 757 Accelerator uh, with four universities and uh, 757 Angels, Rambent Hampton Roads, NIA for half a million dollars. We'll have half a million dollars in matching funds. So while Amazon is great, we also need to grow our entrepreneurs, and this will help us do that. So I, I think. Kudos to our economic development team for supporting this. The MANAGER'S office
0: I think is really important to up. All right, thank you, Terry.
6: Um, just really quickly, it seemed like a number of us were interested at the retreat to discuss uh, communication uh, with council. We didn't get to that with our agenda. Um, am I assuming that's because it's fixed, or um, have there been any discussions on that? Um, you know, I think many of us were frustrated that not all of us were getting the same information at the same time on a timely basis. Um, am I correct in that?
1: Um, I feel terrible. I was concerned. whispering with it's communication, awesome. right? Yeah. So we You're were going.
6: All of many of us said we wanted to talk about it at the retreat, and we didn't get to that. And I just wondered if there has been any resolution to that, or is that stay tuned or?
1: I think we can talk about it uh, next meeting. I think there's two or three things going on, but what we're, we're we're trying to do is is get you you know all the stuff we've talked about the Thursday packets the uh, the themed the themed um, work sessions the um, the updates on Fridays. I think a piece of what we're also talking about is this whole calendaring idea. Right. I, I it, really right. am not
6: concerned about the agenda. Okay. I think the idea that people had concerns about were meetings and. Uh,
13: like, a, I mean, right, like apparently and, Thursday there was some kind of knack uh, event, um, and they, with the police, um, the Norfolk Animal Care, uh, I got tore up by a constituent because none of us were there. Um, Kenny, I think Kenny, did you go to it? No, there was no no council members there. An, an there email an email invitation went out to us on Monday of the retreat for an event Thursday, but there, apparently there was some kind of communication that went to the city. For that, so I think if if we streamline a process and say everything goes through the clerk's office, regardless that the clerk's office handles the calendar for council and letting us know when. Uh, Terry, am I wrong on that? No, it has to be one place because there's events that go to economic development for groundbreaking, um, but it needs to go to the clerk's office so that we all know what's going on and when it's happening, and we can say yes or no or not respond. You know. Um, THAT WE HAVE AN IDEA OF WHAT'S HAPPENING. THERE SEEMS TO BE
6: A a DISCONNECT WITH MAYBE SOMETHING IS IN SOMEBODY'S WARD, SO ONLY THOSE PEOPLE ARE INVITED. THERE'S JUST NO unanimity ON HOW WE'RE INFORMED AND WHEN AND TIMELINESS, RSVP'S, I I MEAN, I THINK ALL OF US SHARE THAT. AM I CORRECT? AND and WE ALSO TALKED
14: ABOUT, TERRY, HOW WHO IS ADVOCATING FOR US AS A GOVERNING BODY when these invitations come to us because they'll come to us on a Monday and the event is on, you know. Tuesday. Th- yeah. And and we're like, well, where did this, did it fall from out the sky? Or, you know, invitations for uh, ribbon cutting. Do they ask Breck whether we're available so that he can get a feel on our availability? It's like everybody is trying to set our calendar and we don't know what the calendar um, is, and late invitations are coming to us, or it goes to various departments. And that was my big concern because we're missing out on citywide events, and we don't know what's going on in, in the different wards. So
6: I didn't get the invitation for the Chrysler. tomorrow. Did you all get invitations?
9: No. It and was I was Tennessee told last week.
6: that it was supposed to be in our boxes. It
9: was. It was in a pack. It
13: was. At my desk last week. Yeah. That's such a
6: fancy invitation, it's hard to miss <laughs> them.
5: But also,
13: we, when we buy tables for um, sponsors for things and then nobody shows up from mm-hmm. <laughs> city council and there's an empty table there that says city council,
11: I brought that, or, the, or
13: uh, okay. in some cases, I've been the only one sitting at the table because I want a free dinner. Uh, but, I would just like to suggest, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like to suggest
11: that there's technology out
6: there that could um, eliminate awesome. a lot of yeah. this. I THINK THE TECHNOLOGY ALREADY EXISTS. I THINK THE ISSUE IS GETTING IT TO THE TECHNOLOGY.
12: AND I I BROUGHT UP THIS POINT ABOUT THE the TABLES, BECAUSE I THINK THAT IF WE HAVE SOMETHING, IT DOES LOOK BAD IF THERE'S A TABLE AND IT SAYS, BIG OLD PLACKET, CITY OF NORFOLK, AND nobody's THERE, OR ONE PERSON IS THERE. We should have somebody call the organization ahead of time to say, Hey, we only have one person RSVP. Either give that table away, fill the table, put our person someplace else, or whatever. And,
17: you know, we've heard you completely. And so we do exactly that. We start by soliciting BRAC for your interest to attend. And we, when we hear medium to moderate attendance, we then solicit internally to see whether or not there are other people from the city who could attend. If we find that it's an event that people cannot, we call ahead and say, please put the table back in circulation. Understand that the city of uh, city supports the event completely. Just we will not be filling the table this so evening. We, we heard these
5: things. Actually, I've actually, if I can jump in just for a second, I've actually asked for a meeting with Michael Brown and Lori Crouch and development, and I think that's been scheduled for like two p.m. next Thursday. Because I'm tired of being in the middle and. Uh, I think if it gets SOME process wrapped around it and some coordination, that maybe a lot of that can can be solved. The invitations that come in at the last minute from outside organizations—I don't know how we deal with that—but but, but uh, at least we're, we'll try Training, to all get everybody a Google on the same Calendar page and marching in the right, in the right yeah. direction. Yeah. And we've looked at the Google Calendar. Um, I I I think there may have been some firewall issues with that. Uh, that, that I heard about uh, but you know we can get that back up on the table from an IT perspective too but it, it seemed to me that the, the immediacy uh, is just to get um, folks pointing to a central node and as soon as possible so that the information can get out to everyone as soon as possible and so I think that could happen and it's just a, I think it's a pretty easy thing if yeah it's, so it's it,
1: just it's just to be we're gonna funnel it through the clerk's office. I mean I think that's what I'm hearing. I mean
11: a, I think that's the purpose so OF the clerk's office. So right. maybe even having something knows. on the website that says, you know, if you want to invite counsel, here's the protocol. <laughs> provide I mean, it sounds simple yeah. simple, but you know, please I mean, provide two to four level. weeks of yeah. notification and send yeah, it to here
13: four weeks would be Then we get invitations here. Some of us have PO boxes. Some of us get it at personal addresses. So yeah, you do get it at home. You need to let us know. I had somebody call my house, and
12: my number is not
13: published I mean, I gave it out.